Hiya, I'm India, and you're hearing the Nostalgic Disney Channel Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nostalgic Disney Channel podcast. I am India, and I thank you so much for listening today. Now, my last episode was all about the Halloween Town franchise, and because I was trying to review and rank them, I really did not get much of a chance to talk about the plots in the movies a ton. So today, I'm going to be talking about my personal favorite one, Return to Halloween Town. Now, I know that's really not great to say that it's my favorite but I really love the movie and if you guys haven't listened to my review and rank um, of my other Halloween Town movies which was the episode right before this one I recommend listening to that one first but today I'll be talking a little bit more about the fourth movie and I'm hoping to just kind of go down my list and review all of them separately because I find that that way you guys can get a more of a clear picture on them as a whole and then you of course will understand my rankings a little bit more now i'll be talking about the fourth one only today just to get a grasp of that now as i've said before as i said in my previous one i want to make this kind of a short disclaimer that i don't love that they replaced the main character i don't love that they got rid of debbie reynolds a lot in this movie that they really didn't use her much and i don't like that i don't like that they got rid of sophie in this movie and just said that her and grandma aggie were off training somewhere i didn't love that about this movie but i think if you look at this movie for what it is and say it's a funny movie that's well written it's got a cool plot to it and you just look at the movie as a movie and not part of the franchise necessarily it's a pretty good film So, I'm talking about that today. Let's get right on into it. Now, we open with Marnie, or Sarah Paxton, not Kimberly J. Brown. If you guys would like to know more about that, and more about the changing the main characters, um, I don't know a ton. I don't think anybody really does. You guys can go watch Christy Colosin Romano's YouTube channel, where she talks to Kimberly J. Brown. And you could also listen to my other podcast, the one before this one, about Halloween Town. But anyway, they did use Sarah Paxton for this movie, and what happens is she gets a full scholarship to Witch University, and her mother's like, I don't really want you to go to Witch University, but Marnie's like, no, I want to, I don't want to spend the next four years with the same people, I want, I want to be able to use my powers as a witch, and she's really excited. Now, Marnie being Marnie did not read the Witch University handbook. Because when she gets there, she finds out that magic is banned from being used at the school on campus whatsoever. And her brother actually ends up going with her to college because he has enough um, high school credits to graduate early. And her mom was only okay with Marnie going if her younger brother Dylan also went to Witch University in Halloween Town. Now, I think this movie did a good job of giving us some more of Halloween Town because the other ones really didn't, like the first one took place almost entirely in Halloween Town and that was really cool. And the second one kind of had Halloween Town, but not a ton. Third one was not even really in Halloween Town. They barely went. I don't think they even went. So it's really cool to have the fourth one be really centered in Halloween Town because it added some cool different things about it. And 
when she gets to which university, she meets the three sinister sisters. These three girls, which they're not labeled as triplets, and yet they're all in college at the same time. So I've just kind of talked it up to either they're like one's a you know one's a freshman, one's a junior, one's a sophomore. Like they're all in different grades, but really close in age, or they're triplets, and that's just and that's just that. But anyway, their dad is Silas Sinister, who's a very rich and powerful warlock. Now, the fashion choices made in this movie are so early 2000s, and it's bit, they're, they're a bit strong, not gonna lie. But that's okay, because it's fun. Anyway, we get a little, a lot more of Ethan Dalloway in this movie, who um, was played by Lucas Grabiel, and he becomes Marnie's love interest as they change their love interest in every movie. But that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, we get a lot more of him, which is kind of cool. And we also get more of Dylan, which I think was a pretty smart move on their part to give us a little bit more of her brother because we don't know a lot about him. It's really interesting that he... We don't get a lot of him because he's so against using magic all the time that we don't get to see a lot of him because the movies are so magic-centered. And that's okay, but it's cool to see. Anyway, throughout this, we meet, like, Dr. Grog, we meet all the teachers, and my assumption for this fourth movie is that Debbie Reynolds just couldn't be in it a lot, and so they decided, oh, we'll put you in it here and there, which, you know, you, yeah, you do what you can do. But they added a teacher named Professor Periwinkle, who looks a lot like her, and they end up kind of you finding out, end up finding out later in the movie that they that Professor Periwinkle and her Grandma Aggie were friends, and it it's kind of a cool thing that they added her to kind of give Marnie that back and forth with an older person, just because I think it added for something in the movie. Anyway, Marnie finds out that the reason which university um, doesn't is banned magic is because. They, they recently started letting non-witches into which university and letting any type of magical creature allowed. And Marnie's like, well, why would they do that? And she's like, who changed it? And then her RA, her resident advisor in her dorm, a genie named Anissa, if I'm correct on saying that, and Ethan Dalloway tell her, you're the reason it's changed. And she's like, what? How did I change it? And she's like, and their friends are like, well, here's why. It's because in the second movie, Marnie broke the rule, I guess you could say, or broke, was able to kind of end this portal rule that people could only go to which university, like, could oh, sorry, could only go to the mortal world on Halloween night. And because of that rule, they were, um, a tons of, like, people who could pass as humans, such as the witches in Halloween Town, started going to college in the mortal world. And so, because of that, which university needed more students, so they said, okay, any magical creature can enter. Which they then decided that no magic could be used, because it wouldn't be fair if witches could use magic to complete schoolwork and other students couldn't. Now, note, I think that they totally could have added an elective for just witches. And, like, you know, had them learn their kind of stuff. But then, when, when Marnie brings it up to the head, headmistress, um, the headmistress says, well, it's because ma all magical spells here cast, um, all magic spells cast in the castle, which is where the school is, 
become permanent on at midnight on Halloween night. And I'm like, okay, well, this wasn't a problem for years. Why did it all of a sudden become a problem? Like, that's kind of what we what they chalk it up to. And eventually we find out that the headmistress and almost all the teachers, except for, like, Professor Periwinkle and stuff, are working for this dom- thing called the Dominion, which is a group of people in Halloween Town who want some who wants the Cromwells to take over Halloween Town and, like, use the Cromwells for them to take over Halloween Town. Now, as we know from other movies, the Cromwells are a very influential family in Halloween Town. And what we didn't realize, it was because the Cromwell family was kind of considered royalty. Well, they were royalty, like, like yeah, a thousand years ago. And you find out that this person named Splendora Cromwell had this thing called the gift. It was a necklace. And it, and it made it so that it, no matter what, anyone would do exactly what she said. And I found this kind of interesting. It felt like kind of a thrown-together plot, but that's okay. Because <laughs> it was fun. And eventually you find out that through... Because these the kids, certain kids were given this, like, extra class on, like, archaeology, I guess you'd call it, where Marnie is able to find the box that holds the gift, but she can't open it. And just kind of long story short, so to speak, I guess you could say long story short, um, I really don't know how to put it. Well, this is hard to explain. This is such a plot-heavy franchise, just throwing it out there. But long story short, they end up being able to destroy the gift because they don't think anyone should have the power to control anybody regardless of what they want to do and that kind of thing. And the head of the Dominion is Silas Sinister. And you find out that these Sinister sisters are working for him, quote unquote. And because they're working for him, their job, like they're, they're working for him to help get information on Marnie and things like that. Which is kind of interesting. And I felt like kind of predictable, but that's okay. Like, but so they all want Marnie to fulfill the prophecy of being coming the Cromwell witch. And it like kind of backfires on them, truth be told, because Marnie, of course, finds a way to outsmart them. Now, throughout this whole movie, or almost the whole movie, unnecessarily in my opinion, they kept cutting back to the mom who was really struggling because Sophie was out in the galaxy with Grandma Aggie training to be a witch, and Dylan and Marnie were off at college that she was struggling with being an empty nester, and she was trying to become a real estate agent and sell her house. And they kept cutting back to her trying to contact Marnie and Dylan, and Dylan responds on his witch's glass, which is like a little watch that they can talk to each other on. And Marnie doesn't answer because Marnie's like, I'm busy dealing with stuff, you know, trying to save Halloween Town type deal. And her mom gets really worried. But it ju- it's really interesting and in how funny were, were all the scenes where she cut, where you cut back to Marnie's mom and she's just chilling, like talking into a birdhouse because that's how they work with the witch's glasses or talking into a bowl of water which is like the toilet and all the people who she's showing the house to when they catch her doing that think she's weird obviously but she's like trying to get a hold of her kids and it's i don't know i guess i think they think it was a cool add-on but i think they did it one too many times like one time would have sufficed 
at least in my mind. But I guess they didn't feel one time could suffice. Now, I found it interesting that, like, Witch University is, like, right near the town square of Halloween Town. It's super close. And yet it's also never mentioned in the other three movies. Like, I don't know. I found that bizarre. Maybe it's just me who finds that bizarre. But it's interesting. I also think it's kind of weird with, like, Grandma Aggie's house being in Halloween Town. And apparently it's, like, such a big prevalent thing. Why wouldn't Marnie just stay at Grandma Aggie's house, even though Grandma Aggie's not there? Like, why wouldn't she just stay at her house instead of staying in the dorms? Maybe because she wanted to stay in the dorms? I don't know. Like, it just seemed a little kind of weird. And this movie definitely feels, like, the most modernized. Because it obviously came out the latest, and so it has a better camera quality and those things. And that that's, like, you know, not bad. It's just kind of interesting. And... One thing we also learn is that Ethan no longer has his magic because when his dad was all of his dad's magic was taken, Ethan renounced his. Which why would you do that? I don't know, but he did. Anyway. <laughs> um it became kind of a weird thing without him without his magic. I don't think it was like necessary to put that in the plot. I guess it was because they just thought it'd be fun, but I don't know. I found that to be a bit strange, but and I know it sounds like I don't like this movie. I really do. It's just that when I'm talking about it, it sounds weird when I'm comparing it to the other Halloween towns. The movie doesn't sound all that great. But then when you watch it, for me, I absolutely love it. And I think Sarah Paxton did a great job with this movie, carrying on the movie, even though I'm sure she knew that people weren't going to receive her being Marty Piper very well. So I think the acting was done quite nicely. And I did kind of like the twist on almost all of the teachers at the Witch University being part of the Dominion, except for Professor Periwinkle. I thought that was kind of funny. But anyway, eventually, Marnie, after finding this box, as I mentioned, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth, but that's what, what has to happen here. Um, after finding the box, she realizes that what's in it is the key. After her brother helps her realize that inside it is the Dominion, she needs the key to open this box. So she decides to travel back in time to see Splendora Cromwell. And then eventually she finds out that her grandma Aggie is Splendora Cromwell. And I thought that was kind of a cool plot twist. I don't know, then we're implying that Grandma Aggie is like, you know, over a thousand years over a thousand years old, and then we're like getting into a lot of things. Like, I don't know. That seems weird to me that I was like, was that necessary? Did they even have to add the thing about the gift? Like, I think there were so many ways they could go with this movie. And I don't know if that was the right way. It was fun. It was a great way. Like, as I said, I like the movie. But I don't know if that's the way I would have gone when writing it. Like, it was just a bit strange. I guess it was their way of working Grandma Aggie into the movie more. And... I thought it was weird that this, like, that Grandma Aggie never told them about this. Did Grandma Aggie know all this stuff was going to happen to Marnie? And because, because the, then Marnie ends up going back in time to see Splendora Cromwell, Splendora Agatha Cromwell, the Queen of like Queen of Halloween Town type thing, and the Queen and Splendora ends up saying, "Here, you can take my." like the, the key that I'm using to lock up the box in you can it'll, the key will be held safe in the future and then 
like you find out that her that Splendora is like after I'm not queen I'm gonna go by my middle name Ag Agatha and then Marnie finds out oh you're my grandma Aggie and like interesting interesting and so I guess it was their way of working grandma Aggie into the movie without actually having her in the movie and the person who plays Splendora when they go back in time is Sarah Paxton in like a really blonde wig which that was kind of funny it was pretty it was pretty good I thought it was a good way of doing it Anyway, um, they end up taking down the Dominion, and you think that they've destroyed the gift. But somehow, someway, Marnie found a way. At the end of the movie, we catch Dylan opening a book, and it has the gift inside it. And then he puts it back on the shelf. And was this supposed to be another movie? I feel like it was. I'm glad they didn't try to keep going. But... Was this supposed to be another movie? I need closure, people. Like, what? Why? <laughs> they could have just left it at the gift was disappeared. Everybody's happy, other than the Sinister Sisters and the Dominion, but that's fine. Like, they could have totally left it at that. I guess they really wanted to make this movie a continuing thing. And, like I said, if you look at this movie as a part of the franchise, it doesn't look that good. But if you look at it for what it is, it's a great movie, and it's got, if you look at it for just a fun individual movie, it's got some great moments. I totally, out of all the ships uh, out of the Halloween Town franchise, I think that Marnie and Ethan are the best one. That's just my, my opinion. I'm definitely more them than I am for the other ones, but I think this movie had... Mm, as, I, as I've said, I think the third one had a lot of potential, and after they did the third one, I think that this is where the third one left them, was doing this. And I think for what they did and what they had and what the what Disney gave them, I think the writers did a very good job at salvaging it, I guess you could say. I, do, I think the writers really worked very hard to salvage the franchise and what they could. And so I really like this movie, and I know it doesn't sound like it, but I really do like this movie. And I think if you really don't like it, and you just haven't watched it in forever because you don't like it, try rewatching it with a clear mind and say, okay, it's not, it's not great, but it's by no means deserves the hate that it gets. And it's a pretty good movie, and I love it so much. But I don't like a lot of, but I like a lot of unpopular Disney movies. Anyway, if you just watch the movie, you know, maybe you'll still dislike it a lot, but also maybe you'll come around to the fact that, okay, the writing's not that bad, it's got a pretty good plot line, if you don't look at it with the other ones. So, thank you guys so much for listening to me rant about my personal favorite Halloween Town movie. I'll probably be doing more episodes on it in the future. Or at least more on Halloween Town as a whole. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an absolutely amazing rest of your day and rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed, I encourage you to follow the podcast. Thank you so much. Bye.